Welcome to the fifth episode of the 1796 Podcast, a monthly podcast that features exclusive interviews and in-depth news about the Tennessee National Guard and the Tennessee Military Department. The 1796 Podcast is produced every month by the Airmen and Soldiers of the Tennessee National Guard Joint Public Affairs Office. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Malone. And I'm Captain Hall, your co-hosts of the 1796 Podcast. And on this episode, we'll hear from Chief Warrant Officer for Scarlett Bernier, who will share information with us about education incentives in the Tennessee National Guard and ways airmen and soldiers can benefit. We will also be hearing from the Chief of Staff of the Tennessee Air National Guard, Brigadier General Tommy Cawthon. General Cawthon reflects on his decades of military service as he prepares to retire. And of course, we'll brief you on the latest and most important news impacting the Tennessee National Guard in our Tennessee Bluff news segment. First up, Lieutenant Colonel Malone sits down with Chief Bernier. Well, listeners to the 1796 podcast, uh, we are very excited to have with us Chief Warrant Officer for Scarlett Bernier. Chief Bernier is the Tennessee National Guard's branch chief for education and incentive. So today she's going to tell us a little bit about education and incentives. Uh, So those things that you qualify for as a member of the Tennessee National Guard. So first off, Chief, welcome. Well, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. We are thrilled to have you. First, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be the education services officer for... Absolutely. So I am a traditional guardsman, joined the guard at age 17, and just completed my 31st year of service in the Tennessee Army National Guard. Um, The reason that I was selected to be the education branch chief, I think boils down to the fact that I am a lifelong learner. I've been fortunate enough to utilize military benefits to earn my associate's, bachelor's, and master's degree, and I just recently completed my doctoral degree. So, Congratulations. That's thank awesome. Thank you so much. It was, a, it was a wonderful feeling to cross the stage on that one. But I've had so much success using military benefits to earn my um, educational certificates and diplomas and degrees that I really want to be able to help others do the same. And, you know, as an HR professional, so my background is HR, I know the power of a degree in regards for the potential for earning both in the military as it can help you with promotions and certainly in the civilian world. Awesome. All right. So you lead the Tennessee National Guard Education Office. Mm -hmm. Got it. So what benefits and incentives does that office help make available to soldiers and airmen in the Tennessee National Guard? Sure. So our office assists soldiers and airmen with um, state and federal tuition assistance applications with credentialing assistance. Um, We offer testing. So for example, if a soldier has the ability to speak, read, and write a second language, and it's one of the languages that you can get paid for, we offer the testing here to get you certified to receive those funds. Um, We do a lot with GI Bill info. One of the most important things to come out of my office is ensuring that soldiers transfer their post 9-11 GI Bill benefits to a spouse and child if that is what they wish to do. I need to call you on that one. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) So one of the things that soldiers may not realize that they have to do is the day that you sign over your benefits to a spouse or child, you have to have two things happening. You cannot be flagged and you have to have four years left on your current contract. If you don't have four years, you have to get an extension so that you have four years from the day that you sign those benefits over. And if you decide that you're going to get out and not complete those four years, your spouse and child lose the benefit forever and have to pay back anything that they have used. 
Now you, the service member, keep the benefit for yourself, mm -hmm. but you lose that ability to share it with a spouse or child. So that's something that um, anyone listening, I hope you really hear me say, transfer those benefits early. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing that a lot of soldiers, you know, kind of get confused about is, well, what if I want to use the benefit instead of, you know, my child? That's 100%. It's your benefit to do whatever you want to with, because sometimes a child might get a scholarship, may decide they don't want to go to university, et cetera, et cetera. The benefit is still there for you to use as the service member, but you have to make sure that you sign it over in enough time that your child or spouse can have the option to use it mm -hmm. prior to you getting out. Got it. Awesome. Good information. All right. So... One thing we definitely want to talk about today is the STRONG Act. Mm -hmm. What is the STRONG Act and what does that provide to soldiers and airmen? The easiest way for soldiers and airmen to learn about and understand how to utilize their benefits and what benefits they have is simply to go to our website, which is tn.gov forward slash military, and then you click on Programs and Benefits, and then you click on Education. And once you click on the Education tab, it's going to have a separate tab for every educational benefit that there is. You want to learn about GI Bill? Click the GI Bill tab. You want to learn about federal tuition assistance? Click that tab, etc., etc. But let's get back to talking about the Strong Act, which has its own tab. So the Strong Act um, legislation was passed in 2017, and the initial legislation provided tuition reimbursement for first undergraduate degrees. And then it was amended in 2021 to allow for those funds to be used to support graduate degrees and also certificates and diplomas for TCAT. So anyone going to the Colleges of Applied Technology can use these funds for those as well. And it's a first-time graduate degree. First-time graduate, mm -hmm. first-time undergraduate, mm -hmm. correct. Um, of course, there's some stipulations with that. So for our Army soldiers, you must use federal tuition assistance with the STRONG Act. They go hand-in-hand hand if you are eligible. Uh, now, our AIR, traditional AIR National Guardsmen, are not eligible for federal tuition assistance, but our full-time Air National Guardmen are. So if you are eligible, you must use federal tuition assistance first. It will affect how much money you get from the state side. How do I apply? Go to the website, click the Strong Act button, and there's a button that says, how do I apply? And it walks you through step by step. So everything that you need is on that website to include the phone numbers of the Air NCO and the Army NCO who are in charge mm -hmm. of handling those programs for us. Um, you can use the Strong Act benefits at any university and college in the state of Tennessee only that uh, accepts federal tuition assistance. So this cannot be used for out-of-state schools. It can be used for online programs, again, provided that the school is domiciled in Tennessee. It's absolutely helping so many of our airmen and soldiers get those degrees. How the program works is it is a reimbursement program. Mm -hmm. And so I tell people kind of like this, let's use magic numbers. Let's say that a semester costs you $1,000. You have federal tuition assistance benefits that's gonna cover 750. The Strong Act is a last dollar payer, so the Strong Act will pay the remaining $250. And it pays at the end of the semester. So after your bill and grades have been finalized, the university sends us your bill and grades. In order to be eligible, you must have a 2.0 GPA for the semester, undergrad, 3.0 graduate. If you don't make those grades, you don't get the money. Um, and then we pay the school. So what does it mean that it's a reimbursement program? And that's, that's something that a lot of folks um, don't understand. Many of our universities partner with us and they offer deferment to members of the National Guard who are receiving federal and state benefits. 
So if you're a National Guardsman and you're using the Strong Act, you need to make sure that you connect with the Veterans Office on campus and also the Bursar's Office. Let them know that you are a member of the National Guard and you're using the Strong Act. Mm -hmm. And typically what they do is they defer your payment. So college students know you have to pay your tuition up front. And usually if you don't pay by the 10th day of the semester, you're purged from classes. Mm -hmm. Well, for our universities that defer, you're not purged because the university knows they're going to get their money. Mm -hmm. However, if the university does not wish to defer that payment, and they do not have to, that is not a legal requirement, the soldier or airman is responsible to pay that money up front, Mm -hmm. and then they'll get reimbursed by the university. Right. So that's that's how the program works in a nutshell. And, and most do that. Most of our yeah. universities do, absolutely. Um, but again, it really is up to the soldier to form a good relationship with the veterans office and the bursar's office to let everybody know up front, hey, I'm in the National Guard, I'm using these programs, what do I need to do for you, mm-hmm. University of Tennessee or right. MTSU or Freed Hardeman, whatever, right. and let those people guide you. So I just want to clarify that it's not just Board of Regents, not just Tennessee State Schools, right? Mm-hmm. Not just UTK, UTC, Austin P State University, Middle mm-hmm. Tennessee State University. It's any university in Tennessee. Correct. And so it's up to a certain amount? Yes and no. It's capped for private universities. Mm-hmm. So for private universities, it'll pay up to almost $412 an hour. It is not capped at state universities. Mm-hmm. And a service member might ask, well, why is that? It's state money, and that's what the state has decided sure. they're going to do. Sure. So, so that's what that is. I know that there's some specifications on what the Strong Act pays for, be it a tuition or a sure. fee. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. So tuition is, is pretty easy to explain until you get into program fees and course fees. Really, we're looking at graduate programs when we talk about that. So pretty much undergraduate programs are going to be covered. Some graduate programs, however, come with a program fee, and that is in addition to tuition, that is, you know, it can be up to $70,000, $80,000. That is outside of the mandatory fees that are covered by law, a mandatory fee being a parking fee, library fee, technology mm-hmm. fee, any fee that all students going to that institution are charged. Mm-hmm. So that's a mandatory fee. The program fee is outside of that, and you might say as a student, well, this is mandatory to this program that I want to get. Well, I certainly appreciate that. You can get another degree. You don't have to get that degree that has that seventy or $80,000. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the degree that I want. Okay. Well, if a soldier wants that degree, they can certainly re-enlist. They can use their re-enlistment bonus. You know, right now that's $20,000 um, for most MOSs, and that's only on the Army side. Um, and we also have... $50,000 worth of student loan repayment available. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to do a, a program that had $70,000 of fees outside of mandatory fees, you could absolutely cover it if you wanted to use your bonus and student mm-hmm. loan repayments. Mm-hmm. And and okay. that would take care of, like I said, $70,000 right there. And that's not touching your money for tuition. Right. Wow. That's amazing. So mm-hmm. Strong Act, what an awesome thing provided by the state of Tennessee. It really is. And we have so many of our legislative uh, partners who worked about, both in 2017 and again in 2021 to allow us to offer this benefit because at the time we were the only state in our region mm-hmm. that did not have state tuition assistance. So every state that touched Tennessee had state tuition assistance except Tennessee. So it was a huge win for us. It's a huge tool that our recruiters use to encourage soldiers to come to the 
to the National Guard. And one of the questions that I'm asked is, well, why is that a selling point? Why is education mm-hmm. today a selling point for Tennessee students when they can use the Tennessee Promise, mm-hmm. when there's the Hope Scholarship? Well, the answer to that is while most of our high school seniors are eligible for those things, a lot of them may not understand what they need to do to take advantage of those programs. They might not have the GPA when Mm -hmm. they graduate. Mm -hmm. They might want to take a year off from school. And of course, there is the Tennessee Reconnect program, which allows for that. But some soldiers just fall outside of the parameters. Or let's say that they have the HOPE scholarship or they're using Tennessee Promise and they fail to make the grade point average that's required. They take a semester off. Now that, that benefit is gone. So we're there to help them mm-hmm. continue mm-hmm. their education. In addition to continuing education, you're getting a job training. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're getting paid right. to be a member of the National Guard with all of the benefits that come along with that membership, along with that service, and you get your college paid for. Right. So, so it's really a win-win for it our is. young people who might want to get their education and didn't go about it in the traditional way or just didn't, you know, didn't apply for the Hope Scholarship, things like that, in a timely manner. Personally, myself, I didn't start my college journey until I was 26 years old. Well, at that point, were were those Hope and, and Tennessee Promise available at the time, which they weren't. That's been many moons ago. Right. I would have been outside the window to utilize them, mm-hmm. you know. But mm-hmm. the Tennessee National Guard, I always had that in my pocket, that they were going to pay for my school, and they did. For yeah. three degrees, the Tennessee National Guard paid for every bit of it. So. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's that really awesome. is. And, and it only benefits the force and the state of Tennessee having a better educated group of soldiers and airmen. Well, and that's, and that's absolutely right. And that's something that I like to tell people, you know, again, as a human resource professional, I really look at not only trends in the military, but also trends on the civilian side. And right now, if a person has a college degree, and this is statistics that were provided by the Social Security Administration, Mm -hmm. and now the data is a little bit old, they provided it in 2015, so the figures that I'm going to say are, are, you know, six, seven years old, but they would have only increased incrementally. A lifelong earner who had an undergraduate degree versus someone who had a high school degree would earn over their lifetime over Mm $900,000 more Mm -hmm. just with an undergraduate degree. If that same person had a graduate degree, they were set to earn, let's see, $1.5 million (laughs) over their lifetime more than a person who only had a high school degree. $1.5 million median earnings over a lifetime to utilize a benefit that the National Guard is giving you mm-hmm. to increase your lifelong earnings by $1.5 million. I mean, it's it's a no-brainer. And we're so fortunate to be able to offer those advantages to our service members. You know, it's, it's difficult sometimes as a young person to look into the future and think, what do I want to do in the future? You know, I'm struggling to, to just get through my undergraduate degree. I'm tired of going to school. I want to get out there and start my life. And that's great because I was the same way. Mm -hmm. I did my undergraduate degree, had no plan on getting a graduate degree until I started learning about things like lifelong earnings and the increase that lifelong earnings would make having an undergraduate degree, having a graduate degree. And in addition to that, um, we have a program that's, it's partnered with the Federal Tuition Assistance Program and it's called Credentialing Assistance. College is not for everybody. Not everybody wants it, and not everybody needs it. Right. However, there are a lot of credentials that mm-hmm. you can earn, mm-hmm. whether you're a college graduate or, or just a high school graduate, that can help increase your earning potential in the civilian sector. For example, the PMP certification, which is Project Management mm-hmm. Professional. Mm-hmm. Studies have shown that a person that has the PMP certification 
can earn 16% more in a job compared to their peer who doesn't have that that certification. So 16% increase in earnings. Another certification, one that I hold, which was paid for by the National Guard, is the SPHR, which is the Senior Professional and Human Resources Certification. Now, these are civilian certifications. Mm-hmm. They're not military certifications. Right. But having either the PHR, which is the Professional and Human Resource, or the SPHR, again, Senior Professional and Human Resource, that equates to $20,000 increase in salary versus a peer who does not have that certification. And again, that's something that you can use your Army benefits to pay for Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. really increase your your earning potential. Again, and it also helps you in the military because having those certifications, you know, when you go before the promotion board, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. having that, whether you have a college degree or not, having those certifications shows what? It shows that you've been committed to doing something. These certifications are not easy to earn. You know, you're gonna work for them. It shows your leadership, your command team, you're committed to something, and you have something that really sets you apart from your peers with those certifications. So that's another great thing that you know we can help you with in the education office, and that the Guard provides for you to help you here and also to help you in your civilian career. That's great. So they get in touch with you by going to tn.gov slash military, click Programs and Benefits, click Education and Incentives. Right, and at the bottom of that website, if you just scroll down just on the front page before you click into anything, it has the phone numbers for mm-hmm. everybody in our office, Great. and it also has um, emails, Perfect. So, and it tells you what everybody, so if you have a question about federal tuition assistance, it says this person is the federal tuition assistance mm-hmm. manager, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. Great. All right, I have one last question for you. Yes, sir. When we interview, I'll say, a seasoned member mm-hmm. of the National Guard, we like to ask, what is one bit of leadership advice for our soldiers and airmen? and that we hope are listening today that you would give them. Absolutely. Um, I would say that would be to use the benefits that you have today while you're in service to secure a successful tomorrow. And what I mean by that is the federal tuition assistance and state tuition assistance, those things go away the minute that you ETS. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you serve a six-year commitment or a 20-year commitment, while you're serving, utilize every bit of benefit Mm -hmm. that the Guard offers you because it's going to help you and your family have a more successful and secure future. Think about that 1.5 million increase in earning potential by using free money that the Guard is going to give you to go to school. Use that money, use those benefits today. And, you know, if you have to, you know, re-enlist for six years to be able to transfer that um, post-911 GI Bill to your kids, do it because when baby turns 18 mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you know you realize what tuition is even at a state university you're going to be so glad mm-hmm. that you did that so absolutely yeah. just ask questions about what benefits the guard has to offer and utilize every single one of them excellent chief bernier thank you so much or should i say dr bernier thank yes, you so thank much you. for coming and talking with us today we really appreciate it my pleasure now over to captain hall with the tennessee bluff Up first this month in the Tennessee Bluff. In the wake of the devastating floods ravaging eastern Kentucky, the Tennessee National Guard answered the call to help our next door neighbor. From July 28th to July 31st, 20 aviators from the Tennessee National Guard and eight members of the Nashville Fire Department rescued more than 150 men, women, and children and transported them to higher ground. In total, five Tennessee Army National Guard UH-60L Black Hawk helicopters from Nashville and Knoxville deployed to Eastern Kentucky to assist with rescue operations. The support is made possible through the Emergency Management Assistance Compact, an agreement that allows states in need 
to request relief and recovery support from other states during and after disasters. True to our name, the Volunteer State is ready and willing to help our neighbors in need. And in other Tennessee National Guard news, the Volunteer State played host to the Best Warrior Competition in late July. From July 24th through the 29th, 14 of the nation's best National Guard junior enlisted soldiers and non-commissioned officers participated in an intensive six-day competition throughout Tennessee to determine who will be named the Army's National Guard's best of the best. The competition has more than 30 evaluated events conducted primarily in Smyrna and Tullahoma, with other events in Lynchburg, Milan, Murfreesboro, and Nashville. The winning soldiers were from Utah and Wyoming and will represent the National Guard's 330,000 soldiers from the nation's 54 states and territories at the Army Best Warrior Competition this fall. And finally, Knoxville will host the Medal of Honor celebration in September, an annual gathering for recipients of the United States' highest military award for valor. This will mark the second time the event has been held in Knoxville, a two-time host city designation shared only with Boston, Knoxville last welcome recipients in 2014. At the event, former South Carolina Governor and United States Ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, will receive the Patriot Award, the highest individual award bestowed by the Congressional Medal of Honor Society. In addition to the Patriot Award, the Bob Hope Award for Entertainment will be presented to actor Dennis Quaid and the Distinguished Citizen Award to Dr. Timothy Miller at the Patriot Award Gala. The Congressional Medal of Honor Society was chartered by Congress in 1958 to create a brotherhood among the living Medal of Honor recipients, to protect and uphold the dignity and honor of the medal, to promote patriotism and love of country, and to inspire our youth to become worthy and dedicated citizens of our nation. That's our Tennessee Bluff for this month. Up next, the 1796 podcast sits down with Brigadier General Tommy Cawthon. Well, we are so excited to have with us today General Tommy Cawthon, the Chief of Staff for the Tennessee Air National Guard. And first off, as we get started, sir, just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be where you are in your career. Grew up, you know, in East Tennessee. Uh, went to Jefferson County High School, and I played sports growing up and did just the normal stuff that uh, young people do. I played football, basketball, baseball, swam on the swimming team, and played tennis. I did all those when I, yeah. We didn't have to pick one sport back in that day. You, you could do them all, so. Had a great childhood, great parents, uh, good family. My brothers, we were close. Even though we, you know, we're four years apart, six years uh, on, the, on the last one. Uh, I'm the number two kid. Had a great childhood, all that. Uh, just a great time growing up. My dad was a member. Of the, he was in the military. He was a pilot. He was in the 134th, back then the fighter interceptor group. I kind of grew up with the military being just something that was always there. You know, uh, that it was just part of our daily lives. He got in the Guard in 1958, before I was even born. For those of you that might be thinking I, I might have been around that, that long, I was not. Yeah, I just kind of grew up with it being part of our lives. And he retired in 1983, and I got in the Guard in 1984. So, like I said, I went to Jefferson County High School, went to Carson Newman, uh, it was Carson Newman College, back then it's Carson Newman University now there in Jefferson City and on a baseball scholarship, played baseball there, and then transferred to the University of Tennessee to do, get my engineering degree. Was selected for pilot training, took a hiatus from school, went to the military, went to pilot training, uh, or got commissioned, went to pilot training, and then came back and then went back to school, uh, UT, 
Got married in there in 1987, my wife Penny. I've been in, in the Guard since 1984, so coming up on almost 38 years right now. That's an incredible length of service, and so tell us what, what your most rewarding part of your career has been. There are so many rewarding things, it'd be hard to talk about the most. You know, there's certain milestones along the way and things that you do, you know, like getting through a school or you know, flight school was a big uh, milestone. Becoming an aircraft commander, becoming an instructor pilot, become, getting your first command, all those things are very rewarding experiences. You know, when I look back on it, I think about what were the most rewarding things in my career was looking at the accomplishments that we did as a team. We had a mission, we, had, we came together and did that mission as a team. You just get that great sense of accomplishment, whether it's an inspection or a big deployment that you go on or, or whatever it might be, that sense of accomplishment that you did as a team. And I would also say here recently, being a part, a small part of this last couple of years with COVID response and, and just kind of having a, a great seat to see some outstanding people supporting Tennesseans and getting that mission done, that was just very gratifying to to be a part of that. A lot of rewarding things. I know you asked for one maybe, but uh, but um, those are the things that I remember. I don't remember a specific mission or a spe I remember the sense of accomplishment of, of getting a job done as a team. So what might be the biggest challenge you've faced in the military? And it might be related to one of those accomplishments, <laughs> right? But but one of the biggest challenges, and how did you overcome it? Well, uh, just uh, thinking the biggest challenge, I will say that it, it is a bit of a challenge when you grow up in the Guard and then you become a commander of the unit that you grew up in. You grow up in a Guard unit, you, you're a young kid make, making all kinds of mistakes, and everybody sees that, and then at some point you become the commander of that unit or that, you know, that squadron, that group, uh, eventually wing. And there's always somebody who remembers that, you know. So uh, I think uh, that's a bit, that, that can be a bit of a challenge. How do you overcome it? You know, be persistent, be consistent, stay true to your principles, acknowledge it basically. Be aware that it's there and, uh, and just try to be consistent and fair. Maybe uh, ask some of those folks to cut you a little slack from time to time, you know, that maybe uh, uh, saw you when you were not at your best as a, as a young airman. So that, that's how you overcome it. Well, our final question for you, sir, is there's a lot of young airmen and soldiers listening to this podcast who are going to want to hear advice from you, having served almost four decades in the military. What's the, what's the biggest piece of advice you would give the young soldiers and airmen who are listening? Oh, the biggest piece of advice, you get to serve. And the Tennessee Air National Guard, you get to serve in the United States Air Force, and it's a privilege. So don't ever forget that. And just constantly realize that you're part of something that's bigger than you are. Keep working at it. Keep trying to make the organization better. There, there'll be times when you may have, feel like you, maybe you're not contributing or maybe times that you feel like things aren't going very well. Uh, I would ask people to, I always give people advice to not take a snapshot picture of things. Look at the bigger picture and realize that, there, that things ebb and flow. You may be kind of at a, a low point right now, but they, things will get better. Just have a little patience, and that would be the biggest thing. But you're, you're very lucky to be part of something special. Uh, get in there and make a difference. That, that would be my advice. Well, Brigadier General Tommy Coffin, thank you so much for your 38 years of service, and thank you for your time today. We appreciate it. Well, thank you. It's been, been a pleasure. I'd do it all over again. Awesome. Thank you, sir.
Thanks for listening to the 1796 podcast. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing, sharing this episode with friends, and giving us a five-star review. The 1796 podcast is produced by the Tennessee National Guard Joint Public Affairs Office. For more information, please visit www.tn.gov/military. Thank you.